In 2011, we made the first Revive Active supplement in Galway. Now, it's Ireland's number one dietary supplement used all over the world by people who want to get the most out of life. My favourite product in the entire range has to be Revive Active. It's the Rolls-Royce Super Supplement. It's a high quality product packed of powerful ingredients. It is Irish and us as an Irish brand in Mars Pharmacy, that's really important to us. Visit any Mars Pharmacy to find out more about Revive Active and find out why more people rely on Revive Active Super Supplements to get the most out of life. Visit reviveactive.com. Future Proof Extra from News Talk. Now, humans have an instinctive fear of large cats, bears, crocodiles, and that's what it makes sense. But why are we afraid of spiders, snakes, or insects? Well, it probably comes down to one of evolution's great levelers, venom. So what exactly is venom, how does it work, and how can we use the power of venom for good? Well, John Dunbar is from the School of Natural Sciences at the Ryan Institution in UI Galway. He joins me now. John, what is a venom? Um, so venom is a toxic secretion that's produced in the glands of some animals, and it's delivered through a mechanism into another animal, typically prey, uh, but has evolved to be useful in defence against predators. So it actually has to typically cause a wound to get inside. In some cases, like spitting cobras, they can actually spray the venom straight into the eyes. So, and that's one the of the- Spitting cobras, is that what they do? Yeah, they, they well, in addition, to, vicious, in, in, in addition to biting you uh, or biting their prey, they are capable, if they feel threatened, spraying uh, quite a few feet accurately into the eyes. I have a friend who was on, on one of the Komodo Islands um, doing a survey and he was wearing a skull. He was at, at night time wearing a, sorry, a t-shirt with a skull on it and he encountered a spitting cobra that actually sprayed and the venom hit directly onto the eyes of the skull on his t-shirt. It's pretty Whoa. cool. <laughs> that is a great story, isn't it? So, but typically they have to get inside your system through causing a wound and that's really the, the main separation between what's venomous and what's poisonous because we refer to snakes and most venomous animals as purely venomous um, whereas some for example insects they can produce a poison but it can actually uh, and other arthropods produce a poison that even if it just rubs off your skin uh, or if you lick it it can get into your system and cause a lot of harm right okay so there has to be some sort of barrier barrier broken to do. yes so, exactly. so when we think about ven- venom the, the mechanisms for delivery are what stings uh, stings fangs barbs Really interesting, uh, there's a mammal, uh, the slow loris, that actually produces uh, uh, like a venom secretion in the armpits. And <laughs> if, if, How does he catch it? Uh, so what he does is if he feels threatened, his arms go up, uh, which is a problem because they're cute little things and people think that they're actually, you know, they, they're putting arms up because they, they actually like your, your interaction with them. Right. Uh, but what they're getting ready to do is actually to uh, lick their armpits and then they can actually coat their, their fangs. Uh, uh, with, with the secretion and actually bite, when they bite you that's that's disgusting it's that's pretty disgusting. cool yeah but it's pretty cool so, so what, what is that is that a type of a monkey is it? yeah it's a primate so it's actually uh, it's not too distantly related uh, from us like that's kind of it's a mad mechanism to develop yeah. isn't it I'm going to have poison under my armpit that I'll lick to coat my fangs so that I don't use it all the time so like am I right in saying most um, most poison is not delivered that it is in a reservoir close to the point of breaking or is it really varied yeah so so some poisons can be sprayed you can inhale it and so on so so really the, if, if you try and think of it in the sense that uh, venom the molecules are much bigger to get past the barriers 
Right. Where poison are much smaller and they can, you know... Uh, they can get through skin or so on. Right, yeah, okay. easy. So um, why are venoms, venoms so powerful? Like Because they, they are. We're talking about tiny amounts of these materials yeah. can cause catastrophic effects, right? Absolutely. So you have to think of it in evolutionary time scale. There's been hundreds of millions of years for most venoms to actually uh, refine itself. So when they initially become uh, selected uh, as a toxin. They, so t- typically it's to do with prey uh, uh, acquisition uh, and when they're swallowing prey and stuff. Whatever comes in, in, in close contact, uh, well, there's a natural uh, selection pressure for if it gets slightly more toxic, it's much more useful. And right. then over millions of years, that becomes more refined and suddenly you start to see how, you know, the different kind of toxins become extremely potent. Mm. Um, if you if you have that amount of uh, poison, is that because, uh, like, do, do these people, see people, do these animals store this venom for specific prey or is uh, or is it sort of this this po- this poison that they carry is going to um take out anything they come across no so so uh, really it becomes typically prey specific so when you have for example some animals that feed on a certain type they can actually select toxins that would be uh, uh, geared towards taking these down what? So, so they have like more than one toxin available to them absolutely so if you take uh, Classic example, snakes. So some snakes could have maybe a couple of hundred different types of toxins within a drop of venom. What? Yeah. Now, keep in mind, it's probably only a small handful of those that are actually responsible for the most pathology. But they do, they're, they're very rich in, in different types of toxins. That's crazy. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, so do they um, then get these toxins inside the body all at the same time or is or do they like select from a drawer so to speak no all the same time yeah okay no it, it, do, it does still it still depend don't. so they don't go oh here comes a bear I'll take out my bear uh, no no, or, no, no, that, no okay no but there is um, so uh, there, there are some species uh, that have been shown to uh, optimise their venom uh, in the sense so if they feel um, so say say for example if they have recently used their venom for example if they defend themselves within a few days or acquired prey well if they're going to hunt or if they feel threatened by another prey they're aware that they haven't really fully replenished their venom so they're very selective in uh, how much they use so for example uh, uh, centipedes have been observed to once use up their venom takes time for the venom to replenish remember maybe up to six weeks so if they're going to attack prey they will only take on small prey recently after using the venom right whereas if it's been a couple of months since they've eaten they they have a fully replenished sack and they can actually take on larger prey I mean is it true that there are, that there are some venoms that y- you could you could swallow and there'd be no problem, but if they break your skin or they do they they enter a different way, they're deadly. Absolutely. So so think of venom as like a little shot glass. If you're thinking in terms of snakes, which will produce a lot of venom, think of it as a shot glass of of protein. Right. Just protein. And you imagine, um, you, you know, when you, you, you eat your food, you eat different types of proteins, whether it's a, a burger, a steak, a chop, yeah. and your digestive enzymes just 
you know, break that down completely into amino acid forms and stuff. So venom, once it gets past your 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 esophagus down into your stomach, uh, it's no chance. Your stomach enzymes are going to just break that down. The thing is, because this is a real thing in a lot of countries where it's like you can go into an actual, you know, restaurant and order a shot of venom and drink it. Really? Uh, and there's some cultures where where they it's like a a, a test for the test of manhood. Right. Okay. So. Um, but really, what what you want to do is like you know you want to drink that, uh, knowing that you don't have any cuts in your gums uh, down your esophagus because if it gets in past the lining, you're in trouble. Right. Okay. Um, do we know where the first venomous animals came from? Do all I mean as a mechanism? Did did it come from a one common ancestor? Um, so venom is known to evolve multiple times, but they do go right back to really primitive animals. Uh, jellyfish have them and so on um, you've got sponges that actually have uh, venom and uh, you know and then you've got really early arthropods so arthropods uh, are on, the, on land uh, hundreds of millions of years and there's been numerous radiations of, of venom systems uh, amongst different animals why do we not see it very co- very common in mammals we don't see mammals with venom very often why is that I don't know actually yeah I don't know hmm. Uh, someone has texted in saying, "Is it true that Dolly Longlegs have very strong venom?" Uh, no, the, the actually uh, referring to Dolly Longlegs uh, as the harvestman spider, uh, they don't even have venom. They're actually not even a true spider, well, uh, so well, they don't have a venom gland. What is this fellow in here you brought in? Um, so that's actually the focus of my research. This is a false widow spider. Ah, okay. So false widow spider makes me think this is a safe spider to handle. Is it? Eh. <laughs> I'm not going to handle yeah, you, it. By could, the way. you could, no, no, like, no, uh, no, no I'm not, like, not going to take about losing <laughs> in your studio now. But, but, like, really, um, I can tell you that. So after, describe what describe what he looks like. So it's it's a little small spider. Um, it's it's got a big bulbous abdomen. So they're usually kind of uh, dark brownish, almost black color. Yeah. Um, w- w- a big bulbous abdomen and. The whole body kind of would look about the size of maybe t- typically maybe something like you know a peanut M M&M and M type of size. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's a good, good example. Yeah, and, and then it's got eight legs uh, protruding from there. Um, they're quite a pretty spider, I think. They've got this really nice cream crescent moving around the front. You can see there around the front of the abdomen. Now people know the black widow spider, a very dangerous spider. Yeah. Um, this spider, uh, the false black widow, is it venomous? And why are you studying it? Um, well, that's the, that's the thing. Like even if you look at the black widow, it has such a notorious reputation. But in fact, like the majority of people who are bitten by one probably wouldn't even need to go to see a, 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 a doctor. Really? Uh, they have a potent neurotoxin called alpha-latrotoxin and this targets the, the nervous system of vertebrates and it basically interferes with the communication from the nerve cells to the muscle cells and it could subsequently lead to neuromuscular paralysis and that in kind of mo- most people that could actually just end up making it feel sick you're, you're, some of the muscles aren't really functioning it right. doesn't mean you're going to literally just become paralysed right. and that has killed a few people over the years when you're dealing with the black widows but actually not every year somebody dies from it it's actually quite rare even for black widows and why are you studying this guy? 
So the false widow spider is really interesting because because it's called the false widow spider, it's immediately associated with black widows. Now, it's not to say it's not related to it. Uh, it, it is distantly related to it. But it suddenly appeared in Ireland uh, 20 years ago. And uh, the we believe that it, it likely came from the, the Madeira Islands, uh, Canary Islands, um, probably... People on their holidays. Yeah, stuff like that, you know, over over years, uh, even, you know, banana imports and stuff like that, maybe uh, garden centre imports. And for some reason, it came here and was reported 20 years ago, and nobody's actually done anything since. Now, in the UK, it's present there over 100 years, but people have started in the last uh, decade or so complaining of of sightings uh, and actually being bitten by them with an extensive range of symptoms, everything from death to... I was bitten by one of these spiders on my arm fell off and nobody's actually investigated it. So the media are having a field day with this and so we, we decided to, to look this up. You were also doing a paper that looked at sort of um, necrotic skin wounds after a bite and, and this is sort of like where um, cells die, right? Uh, tell us about that. So what we were doing is we're, we're trying to investigate the, so, so there's this kind of conundrum where typical venom of spiders are not associated with ne- necrosis uh, more associated with neurotoxicity and so sometimes uh, people do develop necrosis and it's unexplained they they confirm that they either have the spider with them or they identify the spider correctly so we know the spider bit them but we don't know uh, why they produce these symptoms so we wanted to look in addition to the potential necrotic compounds found in venoms um, to how else, what are the other alternatives? And so we looked into, well, what happens after envenomation? How does the immune system respond to that? And as we, we when you look into the immunology um, of pathology and how the immune system reacts to pathogens, such as bacteria and viruses, um, there are actually in, in recent years described pathways. These are ways that the immune system can actually fight pathogens and and just really briefly, yeah. is, is there a potential to harness that venom for for medicine, do you think? Uh, so, okay, so the venom, um, the harness for medicine, yes. There, there is actually some drugs on the market. So uh, there's pit vipers that cause uh, blood vessels to dilate. And this is actually used uh, to prevent stroke. That's on the market. There are cone snail uh, venom uh, products used. Uh, did these block uh, pro-nociceptive uh, neurochemicals in the brain. And that's actually um, kind of repurposed and used as painkillers and so on. Uh, it's a fascinating subject. I could talk about it all day, but um, for the moment, uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, that is um, our guest, John Dunbar from NUI Galway. In 2011, we made the first Revive Active supplement in Galway. Now, it's Ireland's number one dietary supplement used all over the world by people who want to get the most out of life. My favourite product in the entire range has to be Revive Active. It's Rolls-Royce Super Supplement. It's a high-quality product, packed of powerful ingredients. It is Irish, and us as an Irish brand in Mars Pharmacy, that's really important to us. Visit any Mars Pharmacy to find out more about Revive Active and find out why more people rely on Revive Active Super Supplements to get the most out of life. Visit reviveactive.com.